Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Clint Hatton, a transformational speaker and coach, author, founder of Big Bold Brave, and he helps people unclutter their thoughts, clarify priorities, and create actionable plans that empower them to live on. Welcome to the show, Clint. Thank you, Ajay. Good morning, good morning, or maybe good evening where you are. I know we're, <laughs> we're in different zones. No problem. This is perfectly all right. This is, see, the wonderful part of technology. The East meets, meets West, and the morning, the evening meets morning. So you give me that extra time in hand, you know, that you are starting your day, and here it's evening time. I can, but I can feel what morning is like, uh, like, and what I have lived the day, and and you know that is where we will be talking about gratitude, about how one the power of gratitude for your life and business. That there are so many small things in our life. Yeah, we only remember them when we are in a very difficult position, perhaps at the end of the life, or when the life, you know, it it can be very difficult situation, and that is, but. How about carrying out with gratitude, practicing gratitude in our day-to-day -day life? So my first question to you, Clint, is that a lot of people say they have problems in life and they curse themselves, they curse others, and they put a lot of time the blame on God Almighty, whoever it is. And many a time they forget about thanking him or the God or whoever is, has helped them uh, and showing gratitude. Tell me, Clint, with a person like your background who has seen life such difficult situations, I don't want to enumerate them right now, but you know, losing, losing a son, young son, so many things that happened in your life, you know, how did you come to understand about this gratitude part that you are talking to people on that? I know it's a long thing that it, it, it took quite a bit of time for me to come to this, right. but I just wanted to put the background in perspective. So over to you. Yeah, Jay. Well, I'm, I like the way you frame that because, you know, as far as a lifestyle, if we could say it that way of gratitude is something that you develop over time. It's, it's something you can begin to practice like right now, if, if it's something that you have not uh, habitually done, then it's something that you can set great intention and, and start practicing it now. But in order for it to be an integrated part of your life, you know, it is kind of a journey and it takes some time and some experiences with just the power of gratitude. Because to your point, what, what I love about when we talk about gratitude is to me, gratitude is not just a nice word. It's not something that just sounds good. Like, oh, yeah, well, logically, I think I should just be thankful for what I do have. Um, and, and not that there's not an intelligent side to that and, a, you know, a cognitive understanding of that. But I think what I've learned over the years is that gratitude is a force. I would even call it a spiritual force that literally has the ability to change your mindset and the way you see certain situations of your life, which is critical because otherwise, if we live in a state 
of not being grateful and complaining and, you know, some of the things that you talked about a second ago, then our lives are going to be really limited. Uh, we're, we're going to experience even more pain and even more disappointment and even more, uh, if you want to call it negative emotions. And so, you know, I think I'll jump right in. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll give the listeners for me, what was probably the most profound experience in actually understanding what gratitude can do. Uh, you mentioned that I lost my oldest son. And, and of course, for any of uh, anyone listening right now, and, and first of all, let me just say, uh, anyone out there that's listening to us right now that you have suffered the loss of a child, or for that matter, you know any uh, loved one, especially if it's been recent, I just want to just say uh, my, my thought, my prayers, my love go out to you. And I'm very sorry for your loss. And and so what I want to describe to you isn't to draw out, um, you know, those emotions that you want to maybe not feel right this minute. But I do want to give you some perspective that can really bring freedom, you know, to your life. So ultimately what had happened is my son was a pilot. He became a pilot at 17 years old, which is the youngest you can become a licensed pilot here in the United States. Uh, he had been training for several months, which basically just means you're trying to fly as often as you can get get a lot of hours so that he could move towards his next phase of going from being a private pilot to commercial. And on one trip on September 23rd of 2019, he flew a few hours north of us to drop off a friend where they were going to school. And on his return flight, he ran into an unexpected weather system. And ultimately, the NTSB, which is the federal agency that handles uh, those types of investigations here in the United States, ruled that he had spatial disorientation, which just simply means you lose your horizon. And he flew into the side of a mountain and lost his life. So, Jay, as you, you know, can imagine, anyone, even if you haven't gone through it, we all know that's really the worst nightmare that a parent can suffer through. And so, you know, with that, uh, it was a massive punch to the gut to us. Uh, I am a person of faith. I do believe in God for me. I'm a Christian. And so, you know, one of the immediate challenges with this idea of trying to be grateful no matter what life throws at you was we had a lot of dreams, right? We had a lot of goals. You know, he he was, um, you know, obviously exceptional <laughs> in that there's not a lot of 17-year-old pilots out there. There are some, but there's not a lot. And so he was very intelligent very energetic, very goal-driven. And so we had a lot of dreams that ended that day, you know, and, and seeing him get married and being grandparents and, you know, all those things. And I think unmet expectations for any of us can end up being the biggest killer of gratitude and unmet expectations can destroy uh, relationships. I think it's one of the greatest destroyers of friendships and marriages, when you have these unmet expectations and things aren't going the way you want and, you know, you, you want more of something that you're just not getting it. And so it makes you either angry or just disappointed or maybe even depressed. And so I was faced with the ultimate test. Now, ultimately what happened to Jay was we, because of the crash, we had no control. And I, I'm sorry, this part's going to be a little bit tough to talk about, but uh, we had no control over his body. Um, they they took over and essentially needed to do the autopsy. Of course, they're always going to look for, was there any kind of genetic disorder that caused him 
to, you know, lose his way. Was it, did he drink something? Did he eat something? You know, they're looking at all this stuff. So ultimately we had no idea when we were going to get his remains. And so if you can imagine this, a few weeks go by and it's just a normal day for us. It was a, it was a Wednesday as a matter of fact. And I hear the doorbell ring and I go to the door and it is a FedEx guy. Well, that's, <laughs> I don't know how often you guys get delivery there, but here in the United States, that's almost a daily occurrence, right? Between FedEx and Amazon and whatever. So no big deal. But I step out onto the porch and I look and he's got the little device that we you know often sign to get a package. And I'm just reaching over to grab it from him. And I look down and I see this package that has this biohazard sticker that we're probably all familiar with. Uh, kind of an international symbol of that. And then it had in big, bold red letters on the box that he was about to hand me cremated remains. And it was devastating. You know, I, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't prepared for it. And often in life, that's what happens, right? You know, I, I want, as, as people are listening to this right now, I know I'm telling my story and it's vivid, but I want you to be thinking about the things in your life that have come unexpectedly or maybe haven't happened when you thought they would happen. And then something really punches you in the gut. And so what happened is I go inside and presented the box to my wife and we opened it together. And, and, you know, it was what you can imagine. We stood and we held each other and we wept. I don't think we really talked too much for, for a while, for quite a while. It was, it was really painful. And the reason why this story is so profound when we start talking about gratitude was my wife went into the other room and, and I literally was standing there, Jay. And at this point, this is a few weeks after his death, I had not really struggled with deep resentment, especially towards God in my case, but deep resentment and anger. And I had not fought feeling like I was hopeless and that maybe I might go into some severe depression. And what ended up happening was, is my wife walked into the other room and I was left with myself and my own thoughts. And my thoughts, I began to get angry. I began to feel just deep resentment and bitterness and disappointment of everything I was going to miss. And the only way I can explain it, and I talk about, I did write a book and I talk a little bit about this in the book, is I, I had a lucid moment where I recognized there was something that I could do to try and pull myself out of it. And that was exercise gratitude. And so literally I, I had felt this and, and I'm going to be as honest as I can here, you know, describing what was happening. But as I was feeling these negative emotions, I literally felt like a black cloud coming over me. I mean, I felt like I'm about to go down. And so when this lucid moment happened, I just, and it wasn't profound at first. That's what I love about the power of gratitude is you don't even necessarily have to fully mean it to begin to use it. And so I literally just started just, thank you. Thank you, God. Didn't even know what I was thankful for in that moment, right? I just began to say thank you. And for me, again, I'm, I'm a person of faith, so I was just, I began to thank God. Then as I began to express gratitude as opposed to allowing bitterness and resentment to take root in my body, in my mind, in my soul, I began to get strength. 
And then I began to, and here's the real power of gratitude. I began to call out things that, that I was truly grateful for. I was grateful that I had the opportunity to be Gabriel's father for almost 18 years. I was grateful for some of the experiences that we had. I was grateful, you know, to, to have an opportunity to uh, go on vacations and do certain things with all three of them. I have three boys, all three of my boys. And as I expressed clearly in my own words that I was grateful for those things, literally as fast as that dark cloud came over my mind, my body, my soul, I, it literally, it was almost like I couldn't hear it, but it was almost like whew, it just flew off of me. And I began to settle. Now, one thing I want to point out, Ajay, to people listening to this story, because, you know, not being grateful about things doesn't necessarily always mean that you're in deep resentment or bitterness or, or such an extreme situation that I'm describing today. Um, however, when you are in a situation like that, it doesn't necessarily eliminate the pain of the situation. Because I still had pain. I absolutely still had pain of losing my son. That didn't just go away. Gratefulness doesn't minimize that. But also, I have a deep love for my son. So for anybody that's lost someone and they've found it hard to be grateful, um, you know, it's not about pushing down pain. It's not about forgetting the loss entirely and, and not recognizing that, you know, you don't get to experience the same things. And depending on what you believe, I believe we'll be reunited again. Maybe, you know, some others may not believe that, but you you can get caught up in getting locked into this mindset if you're not careful that being ungrateful if we could use that word will cause you to have a different mindset a different perspective towards life and i would propose to you and i want to hear your thoughts Jay. i would propose to you that if you allow that to become your pattern where you're constantly getting to bitterness resentment and and negativity that it's going to filter over into every area of your life and you may not even recognize it Right, 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 Clint. I, I just really don't know how to, you know, actually tell what I'm feeling right now. But one thing I wanted to understand from you, Clint, is that a person can bear with one event, two events. But in your case, it has been a chain of events. <laughs> right. Now, and, and life is not fair, but life is not so unfair also. So you, you were, in, uh, you dealt with your drug addiction. Yeah. You had, uh, you had your early difficulties in childhood. Then there was a divorce that came in. Right. And now it's, it's more than 20 years. You are married now. Yeah, that's so right. th that, that's, that's, that's rebuilding. And then this particular incident of your young son dying in a plane crash. How does a man continue to have faith, continue to have positive attitude towards life, continue to build, rebuild, not be cynical, whatever it is, life, business, and live with gratitude, talk about gratitude, share the message of gratitude, what is it that you are made of? How can somebody take that stuff from you and make their life better in spite of whatever the life life has given them to them? 
how does it work? Yeah, well, that's that's a great point. I understand because you know when you look at my story, I know your listeners don't have the uh, <laughs> the advantage of of knowing the laundry list of some of the stuff that I've been through over the years. But you know, we all, we had a we had a miscarriage as well. You know, almost lost my wife actually in all three of our son's births uh, for various reasons. You know, one was born one pound fourteen ounces three months early. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, right? And I think there's a few things I would like to point out. You know, one one is that there is almost always, and I'm going to leave out a little bit of room because I, I know there's a lot of people that have had a much rougher life than I have. I even look at the things I've been through and, and I sincerely mean this, Ajay. I look at them and I understand when I look at it on paper, it looks like a lot of stuff, but I don't feel that way. I don't feel extraordinary. I don't feel like I've been through so much more than everybody else. And, you know, therefore, you know, either woe is me or I deserve so much more credit for just being who I am. Um, because I think along the way, there's also been a lot of very good things that have happened. And that's where gratitude comes into it. You know, when you're thankful for the good things that have come into your life, you know, one of the things you, you mentioned, my drug addiction, you know, I, I was addicted and, and, and abused drugs for many, many years. Nine years of those included meth, which you know, here in the United States is a, a very dangerous drug. And so one of the things that I've remained grateful for is I literally just made a decision one day that I didn't want that to be my life. I call them courageous decisions. And I just, I decided that this won't identify me, which this is going to sound simple, Jay, to a lot of the listeners, but I do believe that most of what we're talking about starts with a courageous decision. It starts with you deciding in your mind that I no longer want to do these things. I no longer want to think this way. I no longer want this particular emotion, whether it's anger or fear or, or depression, to rule me. I made a strong decision that I'm done, and I was done. So I've remained grateful for that and had a lot of great things happening. My health improved. Um, I have a lot of people that look at me now and they think I'm 10 years younger than I really am, which is pretty amazing. You know, so there's things that I've been grateful for and good things that have happened along the way. I like to say it this way, you know, life is a mixed bag because we're going to experience good things, but we're going to get some gut punches. So what it really boils down to and when we talk about mindset is the story that you tell yourself about your life. You know, if if all I ever did was talked about all of the bad experiences I have had, then I am sure by now I'd probably be curled up in a ball somewhere or who knows, you know, worst case scenario, maybe I fall into deep depression and I take my own life, you know, and unfortunately some have succumbed to that. But instead I've just had this attitude over the years that I'm not done yet. I have more breath in me. There are better experiences ahead if I will just focus on looking for those rather than focusing solely on what I lack or the or the bad things that have happened to me. And so I think and there's even neuroscience to back this up. We won't get into that. I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm just I love to study it. Brain science is proving to us that you absolutely can begin to rewire your brain by the words you use by the things you intentionally think about and dwell on or meditate on. You know, we know now that you can literally change the way you think. And so 
for anybody out there right now that struggles with being grateful for things, I would challenge you right now. There's something in your life that you have to be able to start with being grateful for. And one is if you're listening to this, you have breath. If that's, if that's your base, if that's the you know least that you can start with is that, well, I am alive, then start there. Be grateful for that. But then I think you're going to find that there's, you know, there's relationships that we may have that maybe because of our circumstances, we don't really think about those relationships, but we may have relationships in our lives that are like, you know what, my friend, I have a friend, Shabu, very dear friend of mine. Man, I'm grateful for Shabu. I'm grateful that I have someone that I can pick up the phone and I can call and I can bounce things off of and that he trusts me and calls me and we talk about deep things. You know, so I, I think the story you tell yourself about your life is absolutely critical if you're going to allow the power of gratitude to sh shift the direction of your life. Right, right, Clint. But then one thing is uh, I wanted to understand for the audience, Clint, is that you can still tell a story to yourself. What is it that you tell to the other people who have been impacted by the chain of events like in your case what did you tell your other sons what yeah. did you tell your uh, your wife how did you bring that sense of gratitude in them how did they your words help them manage that difficult situation you know when they can also be resentful to the situation for what has happened to them at such a young age. Yeah. Secondly, in the same breath, you know, I must ask about the entrepreneurship part. You are yourself uh, running this bold, brave, uh, big, bold, brave thing. You are an entrepreneur in that sense. And a lot of entrepreneurs must be coming to you. You give, you are a transformational speaker. You give a lot of talks. Right. How is it that an entrepreneur who is facing tough times can still ask employees to be grateful for what God has given and how do they still come out of that situation? The whole idea is what happens later is something else. But how do you continue to build or keep that faith? How do you continue to still be the individual, the good individual, the gratitude filled individual that you are and bring that same atmosphere around you, either in life and business? How do you work that way? Yeah, that's a great question, Jay. And you know, with the with the kids in particular, and the and the tragedy that we suffered, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of things that we did, especially for those listening out there that maybe right now they're really going through a really difficult loss. And by the way, that doesn't have to be the loss of a loved one or a child. There's a lot of different forms of loss. We can lose our jobs. We can lose our businesses. Uh, and I and I don't want to elevate my loss above every other loss because. There's people in pain right now listening to us that are suffering a different kind of pain, but the principles still remain true. So with my, my boys and my my bride and how we move through it is I'll have to backtrack a tiny bit only in that we've had this as a lifestyle. My boys have grown up with whenever we've had the different things that have happened. Um, you know, when my youngest was born at one pound, 14 ounces, my other two boys couldn't even see him for two and a half months because he was in the hospital and it was during the H1N1 virus. So nobody else could see him. You know, we had to teach them and, and walk them through how 
to maintain a positive attitude, to be grateful and to just have hope that there was going to be a better tomorrow, those types of things. And so my, my wife had a, a spiral fracture of her femur a few years before. Couldn't walk for five months, couldn't drive a car, couldn't do anything. So the boys had to help us do things around the house that they normally didn't have to do. But we created an atmosphere where we're a team. And we're living this life together. And so we're going to be grateful together. We're going to, you know, so, so some of this is creating a culture, not just in your own mind, but by the way you interact with the people around you. In this case, we're talking about my family. So we had a pattern that needs to be understood. When Gabriel passed, we already had a pattern. But that morning, what happened was I, I was forced with having what I call the impossible conversation of telling my two other sons that their big brother had passed away. And at that time they were nine and 14 years old. And the way I framed the conversation with them is I said, listen, I believe there's two choices in life when it comes to how we respond to, in this case, a tragedy. And that is one we can have what I call, I just call the death mentality of Jay. And simply for me, a death mentality is in this case, if all we do is focus on his death, the loss, all the things that we're never going to experience again, um, you know, just not even having him present in our home. If that's all we think about, because we're going to think about those things. It's not that we're never going to experience any of that. But if that's our focal point, I told the boys, we are going to be shadows of who we are created to be, of what God has for us. But there's a second choice. There's a choice of choosing life. And life just simply meant that we looked at the way Gabriel lived. This is what birthed Big Bull Brave. So I'm going to kind of throw that in with it. He attacked life. Everything was an adventure. And sure, he had to fight fear. He had things not go his way, just like we all do. But he kept at it. And he taught himself guitar. He became an amazing photographer. He soloed in a plane at 16. <laughs> and then he got his license at 17. You know, he had a network of friends. He attacked life. So I told the boys, a life mentality for us is going to be, we may have desires to do different things that he did, but we're going to have the same kind of attitude about attacking life. And later that day through a TV interview that we did because of what happened, um, that's where the phrase big, bold, brave came into it. So now that said, this is not a perfect science either, Jay. I'm not implying to anybody listening to this that we made a decision that morning or that you can make this decision that, okay, I'm going to be more grateful the second we end this call. And then all of a sudden it's going to be easy. It's not, it takes intention, but we set what I like to call a compass that this is the way we're going to live this out. And so the second thing we did is we, we agreed as a family that in the grieving process, we would do it openly and together. And we would be, we would have courageous conversations and ask each other how we're doing. We would talk freely about things. So we kind of did all these things all at once. And when things would get tough, we would just find things to be grateful for. We would talk about some of our, you know, fun experiences with Gabriel. Um, and then we would talk about our lives. We would talk about, you know, where am I trying to go as a dad now that I formed this company, Big Bull Brave? My wife became an artist. You know, we talked about 
her art. We took our kids actually to art shows and things like that. So they could experience literally some of the things that she was doing to live a grateful lifestyle and to move forward and, and, and live her life. And then the same thing with my boys that they've got various interests. One's into martial arts. He's a first degree black belt. Another one is getting ready to go to business school. So it's this open, ongoing, intentional, you know, mindset that you just, anytime things are getting tough, you've got to recalibrate and, and use words and have conversations with people about where you want to go, the emotions that you want to feel. I mean, I know that sounds probably too simple to some people, but it works. It really does work. Right, right. And then you went, went forward and then you wrote this book called Big Bold Wave, How to Live Courageously in a Risky World. What is it? Is it that... Uh, what, what did you want to do with this book? And what is yeah. the message? What is this book about? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, one thing that we didn't talk about yet, and we don't need to get into the weeds because everybody's very aware of this next thing I'm about to say, but three months after Gabriel passed away is when COVID hit the world. And so very quickly, we were not only grieving, but we were also experiencing our world turned upside down, just like everybody else did. And so ultimately, Jay, about two years, give or take, uh, after COVID started and, and we're still kind of grieving through this loss, I got very frustrated with just all of the fear that was being unleashed on the planet. And for me, that's not a political statement. You know, I, I've had a lot of conversations with different people about this topic we're talking about right now. And no matter where you land on whether or not you think your country or your leaders handled how we dealt with the pandemic well, or they did a terrible job. doesn't matter. Everyone agrees that fear <laughs> got spread across this planet, unlike anything we've ever experienced. And so after a couple of years, I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of there being so much content out there for people to be afraid of and be stuck in fear and almost even uh, proud's probably the wrong word, but almost feel like I'm doing the right thing because I'm living so fearfully. You know, there's there was some of that. And so I felt like I could use our story of not just losing Gabriel, but if you read the book, I include a lot of different stories that really answer a lot of the questions that you've been asking me through some of the situations we've had over life. And many of them were great things too. They, it's not all negative experiences, but just the value system you know, setting your own value system. What kind of characteristics do I want to live by? Those were all things that I felt like I can write a book that can help people break this cycle of fear, that they can begin to grow their faith again, or maybe in some cases grab a hold of a faith that they've never had before. For me, that's again, faith in God and begin to change their life and move in a new trajectory and not allow fear to cripple them, you know, not allow fear to keep them from taking risks and maybe starting a new business, even though you lost yours or, you know, spending time with family and valuing that so much more, even if there is a virus out there somewhere that may or may not get you someday. And, you know, it was just this idea that if I could just get people, if I could stop them long enough, <laughs> stop their thinking long enough, 
to read some of these stories and read about some of these value systems that they could literally change their life and begin to take control. And what I like to say is they could eat fear for breakfast. Fear will come, but they could learn some mindsets and value systems to where fear does come. They tell fear where to go rather than fear dictating to them how they need to lead their life. And that's in a nutshell what the book's about. It's about passion. It's about living your life. It's about being courageous. It's about making calculated risky decisions that take you towards your dream rather than getting stuff in the negative circumstances of life. Right, right. There is so much to, you know, talk to you, learn from you. And <laughs> I, I, I can tell you this one, one small episode can never be enough. A lot of people will have to read your book to get to learn from you directly. And also a lot of people who want to engage with you in terms of you being their coach or a speaker to them. You know, that's that would be, I guess, the ideal situation. So how can people get this book? How can they, uh, they connect with you the best way so that they are able to learn more about you and also professionally engage with you? Thank you for that, Ajay. Yeah, I appreciate it. There is so many things that we could talk about. You know, there's there's so many layers to living life, right? And with Big Bull Brave for the book, the easiest thing is just to go to Amazon or whatever online retailer is most convenient, depending on where you live. Uh, that's the easiest way to get the book. To connect with me, go to bigbullbrave.us. That is my website. And that's where you can learn how you can uh, bring me in as a speaker, whether that's physically in person or I have a talk coming up here in a couple of weeks where it's actually going to be people all over the globe and super excited about that. But what, what, why I want you to get the book, why I would love to connect with you if this message is resonating with you, is I do believe that you can learn all of these things. You can learn to be more courageous. You know, there's three things if I could end with this, Ajay. There's three things that I believe about every human being. This is what I help them not only understand, but also come up with very clear-cut plans on how to begin to live this way. But I believe we are all created to be courageous. I believe it's already in you. You just need to learn how to tap into courage and overcome fear. I believe every human being has a creative genius. Now, I'm going to give you a teaser on that because that's a whole other topic. But I sincerely can prove to you both scientifically and even as a person of faith biblically that there is a creative genius inside of every single person listening to this, and you just may not know what it is, or you may not know how to untap it, but it's in there. And then the third thing is that we are created to be compassionate. We have compassion in us, and it is always looking for a reason to come out. Now, I know we have, we've met some people in the world we think, I don't know about that. They may not have any compassion, but I believe it's in there. And you can learn how to do it. So connect with me, bigbullbrave.us. And I have a newsletter I send out with free content every single week. That's something very easy for people to do. It's very short. It's not a long read. I don't like clutter, but it's usually something of, of value that someone can do within just a 10, 15 minutes a day at the most and, and really begin to change their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us.